0: Welcome to the MS Dev Show, a brand new podcast for Microsoft developers covering Azure, Windows, cross platform development tools, and more. I'm Jason Young with my co host, Carl Schweitzer. This is episode number one, where Carl and I talk about the development news from Build 2014. So I put together um, a list on my blog, uh, ytechie.com. So if you take a look at that, I divide it up into three different categories. So we have Windows Phone, Azure, and, uh, and Windows specifically. So um, I know the first one is uh, definitely something that that you're very interested in, Windows Phone. Um, Lots of good stuff there. Uh, Cortana was the biggest one. Um, So did you want to talk about the the development side of Cortana a little bit?
1: Sure, yeah. Uh, A lot of people are really interested in Cortana um, with a lot of reason, too. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. something very exciting. It compares well against Siri and against uh, Google Now. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of... You know comparisons with the platforms, but one of the things that I think um, developers should especially take note of is a lot of the APIs that exist for Cortana, how you interact with her, already exist. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one that I have the a, a lot of experiences is, um, or with the voice command definitions. Uh, in order to uh, have The phone understand what you're saying. You create this XML that lists all of the commands out. Now, of course, Microsoft has updated it, made it a lot easier. You don't have to put quite as much in the voice command definitions. It can figure out a little bit more on its own.
0: However. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was curious about that. So in the, in the previous version, you'd sort of build up, um, you know, a pattern, you know, you, you you put in a command and you say, Hey, I'm going to say these words and then there's going to be kind of a placeholder here listen to what i say and and then that matches and then you can process that so have you looked at what the xml looks like in the new version
1: yep it it is a little bit different it a lot of it is very similar mm-hmm. but what they do is they allow you to have a little bit more flexibility and um words like um this but not necessarily structured out completely okay. Because before, if you wanted to just capture some random text, it would do its best to translate that for you, and it would just mm-hmm. hand it off to you. But now you can ha- have it match on a group of action words, Okay. and, th- and that allows for the natural language processing to kind of, um, you know, handle that a little bit more automatically. But you still have to create the the same voice command definition um, with the with the new updates, of course, okay. and then you actually integrate it the same way on app startup. You say, hey, this is where my VCD is, and then you tell it where to navigate to um, mm-hmm. in, in the definition. And then once you get there, it, you still receive in. Now, what's cool with Cortana and, and what it gives you is there's two ways to interact with Cortana, by voice or you could type it in. Yeah, the I saw bo- that. That's pretty slick. And one of the things that they give you context for, and if you look at the build videos, they repeat this over and over again. They want you to get this right. If you talk to Cortana, they want you to keep speaking back. Mm-hmm. If you type to Cortana, they want you to provide text or just on-screen stuff without uh, additional noise or voice. So, so I won't course- look like
0: the, the crazy person in the airport that, that keeps talking to my phone and, and having to repeat myself? Yep, <laughs> uh, unless you want to. You can yeah. be that crazy person, but
1: they took what was already there and they made it better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, that's the common theme that you see across Windows Phone. They were listening to everybody. They took their feedback and, and they just rocked it and put their own spin on it. They didn't just copy Siri. They didn't copy Google Now. They did it their own way.
0: Yeah. That's what I, I put on my blog. I said Siri plus Google Now plus developer extensibility equals Cortana. So did you have, uh, did you have an iPhone at one point? Yes, because I was I was a real big uh, you know I was a real big iPhone guy and yeah. uh, I I used Siri whenever it came out and uh, you know just to give you some background on that you know Apple purchased that from another company they proceeded to neuter it they took out a ton of features um, and they've slowly been adding those back in but what I found frustrating was um, I could say something like you know read my text messages and it would read them and then I would say read my email and it's like oh, I can't read your email I don't have permission and you do things like uh, Add, add an appointment for Saturday, and, and and it would add it. And he said, it "Would delete that appointment." It didn't have permission to delete, you know, the own, its own appointment that it created. Um, so it looks like from from what I saw it build that Cortana has uh, a, not necessarily more permissions, but it's just it's much more much more flexible. And the the fact that there is that developer extensibility, I think, is going to make it a hundred times more powerful. And it's not you're not going to run into that wall the first ten minutes that you start using it.
1: And, and what I really liked is the story that they had behind that, you know, with, you know, we went out and we talked to the personal assistants and we found out what they did and how they did it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in the phone, they actually, you know, explained, we have a notebook and it's called a notebook because that's what actual personal assistants do. Mm-hmm. And it, and they tweak it a little bit so it allows us to control what Cortana knows or doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought that was, is really great that showed How much thought they put into this. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just another Me Too feature like a lot of people, uh, could have implemented.
0: Right. So I've, I've talked to a few people about Cortana and their, their number one observation, the, the number one good thing that they had to say was that they, they were actually happy that it made mistakes on stage because they knew that it was real. And I've, I've actually heard that from I think three people now. Um, so that was, you know, that was actually, a real demo up on stage of the technology. Now, um, obviously, Microsoft doesn't have the same advantage that uh, Google had. You know, Google was running, uh, what was it, 1-800-GOOG-411 for years, mm-hmm. uh, recording people's voices and uh, using that to build up their, their uh, voice recognition so that they could uh, power their services. So, you know, in my experience, Google really has the, the voice recognition nailed. Uh, Apple does a pretty good job of it. I'm curious to see how Cortana, uh, performs, but, uh, I think it's really gonna, I think it's gonna improve quickly, even if it's not that great, but from what I've seen, it, it looks like it's gonna be pretty good.
1: Yeah, and, and as a Windows phone user since nearly the beginning, um mm-hmm. what's nice is their voice is both on device and through Bing services mm-hmm. as well, and because of that, they, um it's been very noticeable when they've made upgrades to their voice recognition, because there's times where all of a sudden it recognizes You know, two or three times more than it used to. And Mm -hmm. since it's continuing on with that same architecture, it's, it's going to be even better than it was and it's going to keep improving.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. So some of the, not just the voice recognition, but the, the responses, some of them are completely canned. It's not that they, not that the actual text and then the text-to-speech is canned, but the actual, there's actually recorded responses, so they're not really computerized at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious if you, if you know if those are, if those are streaming down to the device. I mean, I can't imagine they're actually stored on there, so those actually getting pulled down on demand?
1: Yes, they are. Okay. And, okay. and uh, the, um, the actress set actually does Cortana in the, in the Halo uh, video games. She recorded quite a few of those canned ones, but also enough, um, other ones so that, uh, the Cortana app itself can generate pretty uh, realistic sounding um, responses. And I thought that she sounded really good too.
0: Right, right. Oh, definitely, definitely. Sounds great. Um, so keep just going through uh, the list of features here, there's a ton of good stuff, and I'm excited to get this. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Joe Belfiore. He had a tweet uh, yesterday. Um, he's just been getting bombarded on Twitter um, asking mm-hmm. when people are going to get access to this thing and uh he said uh um, he he was a little elusive he said not this week he said check back next week so i have uh i have high hopes that uh, that we're going to see something next week through the yep. developer preview um, yep. do you want to explain real quick like the the easiest way to get into that developer preview because there's a trick to it i don't know if you're aware of that
1: yes i am um so if you go to the uh windows app studio website they have um anybody can sign up for it. You just use your Microsoft ID. Once you log in, um, you are by essence a developer at this point. Mm -hmm. So once you have that, you can download an app in the Windows phone store called the developer preview app. Mm -hmm. And um, you log into that with your uh, same Microsoft ID that you sign into that Website with, and as soon as the preview is released for developers, it'll be available for you when you, uh, your phone next checks, checks for its updates. Right. So I, so I was,
0: I did some reading online, and and uh, people were, people were saying that uh, you know basically at this point the the servers are getting the update servers are getting load tested because everybody is hitting uh, check for updates. So I think that's why Joe put that tweet out so that uh, people would settle down a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Microsoft also did previously release, before Joe Belfiore announced it, that it would happen in the first half of April. Okay. And he he just further clarified that it's going to be next week. So you look well, at that, it's Monday or Tuesday.
0: Okay. Well, that so, pretty yeah. much narrows it down. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm expecting Tuesday, but uh, Monday would work for me as well. So, <laughs> yeah. So let me keep going through the features here. So Action Center and Notification Center. So this is pretty slick. So you basically pull down from the top. Uh, you get quick access to some of those features, mm-hmm. and now you don't get the, uh, the Phantom uh, vibrate where you can't figure out where that's coming from. So that one, that one was an obvious one that needed to be in there. Uh, the keyboard, um, that one is great. We're now the world record holder for um, the fastest keyboard uh, by a few seconds. That thing is great. Um, I've, I've heard uh, from everybody who's used it so far that it is, it is even more amazing than what it looks like. So I'm really anxious to try that out.
1: One thing that's kind of interesting is it works on the emulator as well with your mouse. Oh but really? If, if you if you have a touch screen, it it works as well. So oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't have a touch screen on my computer, but I remote it in to from uh, one of my tablets, and uh, the keyboard works just fine through a uh, remote desktop on the emulator.
0: So you're bringing up a good point. If you're an MSDN subscriber, you can actually log in today. Grab Visual Studio 2013 Update 2.
1: Actually, you don't even need to be an MSDN subscriber. You can get the the Windows Phone Express Mm -hmm. and then just download the emulators. It's a separate download that are free on dev.windowsphone.com.
0: Oh, there you go. So you can get your hands on this today if you want to, just not on your phone. That's pretty cool. Um, So some other features, quiet hours, that's uh, that's a must. It's going to take me uh, about three weeks to get out of the habit of putting my phone on Vibrate whenever I go to bed. (laughs)
1: Now, now this is the one feature that um, when I heard that it came to Windows 8.1, mm-hmm. something really clicked for me. I mean, mm-hmm. we heard all this talk about the uh, the merging of the OSs for quite some time now, yep. and as soon as I saw this come to Windows 8.1, it just hit me that it's the same feature. It, it it's it's coming to Windows Phone 8.1. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this happened last fall, and I just, at that point, started looking at all the new features in Windows 8.1, and you could go down the list of the features that they announced for Windows Phone. Yep. And it, it's all there.
0: Yep. No, you got it. Yeah, it's, it's, you can really start to, it's really starting to surface that, uh, that conversion, or that, um, convergence. Um, another one you can, uh, you'll be able to store applications on your, uh, SD card. That's a, that's a pretty major one. So, uh, personally, I've never had the, need to do that. I have a 32 gig device. I have the uh, Lumia 1520. But um, right now, I use uh, Plex quite a bit. And if mm-hmm. you go into the Plex app, and you um, try to, the new offline syncing capability, it gives you sort of a nasty message uh, complaining that it can't store to the SD card. So you really have limited space for, for making uh, videos available offline on there. So um, I haven't checked into it. Have you seen anything as far as um, applications being able to access the SD card now?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things, yeah, you know, I, I haven't played with that directly, but one of the things I think this is really I'm excited for mm-hmm. is for you know the Lumia 520 is the number one selling phone in the world, right? And those are very small um, memory devices. I have one, mm-hmm. um, and that it's maxed out. I can't install anything new on there, mm-hmm. but. SD cards are cheap. You th- if you can start installing on the SD cards, that's going to be huge, especially for those developing, uh, you know, yeah. nations the, and, and people who can't afford.
0: Right. Who, do, who don't get subsidized phones. So, does the 520 <laughs> have an SD card reader? Yes. Wow. Yep. That's that's pretty amazing because there's there's not many phones to do the you know the the big flagship the 1520 has it, but I didn't realize that the uh, the 520 has it. The 520 is amazing. 60 bucks off contract. That thing is amazing. Yeah.
1: You and you can occasionally get it for even less. It's it's yeah. a great deal.
0: Yeah, when I when I break my fifteen twenty, I think I'm gonna <laughs> have to get one of those. <laughs> um, IE eleven, uh, including WebGL support, but just IE eleven in general, I think is is pretty big. Finally, getting us up to the, you know, um, feature parity with the with the desktop browser. Um, so that one, you know, it's gonna take time to you know to realize how big of a deal that one is. I know there's uh, also inline video support. Within the browser, which is pretty slick. So if you go to YouTube, you hit play; it doesn't have to jump into that other browser. Um, one yeah, question, I and I've th-
1: heard that the, the YouTube app um, is gets a lot from having IE11, and because of that, I've heard that from people who have who have played with it says that it's it's really amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking the uh, uh, you know if if what you said before, well before what you said before is true, we're getting more and more convergence. The web browser in Windows 8 versus 8.1 was a big leap forward, so I'm I'm thinking that the phone has uh, you know a similar leap as far as going from 8 to 8.1, so that yeah I can see how that could really improve that type of scenario. Do you know if there's anything in there for uh, when you're playing a video or even a podcast or something like that? Right now you have to hit the forward and back buttons. Is there any kind of uh, seek or or scrubbing? Have you seen there, anything there like is that?
1: there is scrubbing. So if okay. in the emulator you can. Uh, there's the podcast podcast app that comes with it by default. Yep. Um, if you just plug in a feed or you do a search for your favorite podcast, mm-hmm. hit play, it'll it'll uh, stream it by default, mm-hmm. and the, and the scrubber is there. Excellent. So that's that. That's how I've played with it. <laughs> so yeah, if it I worked li- really well,
0: yeah, if I made a list of all my frustrations with Windows Phone, I I think they've all been addressed with this update. So this is great. Uh, I think that was their goal. Anything that there was, they checked it off the list. Right. Bluetooth LE, um, that support is in there. So devices like Fitbit, um, hopefully those will start syncing. So that's pretty That's pretty sweet. Um, that will be interesting to see what developers do with that one. Uh, VPN support, that's major for, for enterprise. Um, Windows is now free for any screen under 9 inches. So that's great because it removes that barrier. Um, that psychological like barrier thinking that you know there's the there's the Microsoft tax on on a phone or a small device.
1: And if you look at that as well, too. I mean the first several years, there's really only been a handful of uh manufacturers that have made Windows Phone devices. As soon as they announced that, they also announced like a dozen more manufacturers. Right, right. Yeah, so that's that, gonna that's, be really interesting. So that's really gonna push the adoption worldwide as well.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it it's exciting. There's not there's not many people that uh you know, don't see this as, as a real force in in one way or another. So that's great. Um, let me see what else I got here. Um, in-app purchases can be shared. That's going to be pretty sweet. That's going to save me some money. So if you buy the, the app on the phone or on the Windows desktop under your account, um, you'll be able to share that between the two. You don't have to repurchase. Same with in-app purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, geofencing support. But that's um,
1: one of my favorite APIs that they added right there. The geofencing? Um, yeah, because if you look at what you can do with geofencing, what that is for those mm-hmm. you don't who don't know is you can describe a physical area, you know, mm-hmm. a, a whole plot, not just a point. And when you enter or leave the boundaries of that, it can trigger events to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at services like if this then that, or or what you can even already, um, you know, uh, possible integration with Cortana, you could say, "Hey Cortana, when I get to work," and you could define work as you know, the entire property line.
0: Exactly, exactly. Then
1: do this. You know, when I leave work, you know, text my wife, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of things that all those different kinds of services that already exist could tap into that. So I think that's one of the most interesting or what could lead to some of the most interesting apps on the platform.
0: Yeah, and and the best part from a developer perspective is you don't have to uh, talk to the GPS and say, you know, what are my coordinates, and then start doing uh, polygon calculations or anything like that. I mean, you you were literally setting up. You know, here is the point. Here is the here's the radius, and um, um, you know, give me an event. Wake wake my application up whenever I'm in this area. And it's a, it's a really nice way of doing it from from a development standpoint. No mm-hmm. math involved. <laughs> um, Wi-Fi Sense. This one is pretty huge. Um, if this one works as advertised, this is this is really a killer feature. So the, the, you know, I was just in a hotel this, this past week, and, uh, my experience with, with hotel Wi-Fi, you, you end up putting in some kind of code on, on a web portal. You know, connect to Wi-Fi, you get a web portal, you have to do some sort of login, and then it also ends up timing out. And the, the device doesn't always, uh, necessarily notice that it timed out. So, you know, your applications might die, but if you go into a browser, you'll get that portal again. So I don't know if you've had this experience. It's happened to me all the time. Well, where um, I'm working, where yeah, I'm ahead. working
1: right, where I'm working right now, um, they have it so you have to type in the the username and password in the browser. Okay. And then it it stays there as long as it's connected to the Wi-Fi. But if
0: you leave for lunch and come back, <laughs> then you drop off. huh?
1: Drop off. And if you forget about it, you start streaming something. Well, all of a sudden your data usage spikes for you know. Yeah. So the problem
0: I've had with it is if it's Downloading a podcast and it's halfway through that podcast and then it loses the Wi-Fi. Um, it won't continue to, to download over the, the data connection and I've seen glitches there where that uh, particular file gets corrupted and it doesn't re-download it. Um, so that auto-login could help avoid that type of issue because um, it can continue you know, whenever it comes back into to range and automatically connect just like it would at my house. So that one's huge. And then also uh, password sharing with friends. So you know, if I decide to put you in my uh, "quote unquote" inner circle, um, if I tell Cortana to put you in my inner circle in in her notebook, you come over to my house and my device knows my Wi-Fi password. It'll actually mm-hmm. send it over to your device. You can't look at it, but you can actually use my my home Wi-Fi. Um, so I think that's 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 going to be great as well. Because, um, like I said, anybody who comes over. It's, uh, you know, like my friend on Facebook or something like that, and they can just automatically get secure access.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really cool, especially if you have a, a hard password, you know, because you mm. want to be secure. It's hard telling people, you know, okay, lowercase, I, uppercase,
0: you know. <laughs> okay,
1: now do the pound
0: symbol. Yeah, I think mine is about 30 or 40 characters, <laughs> so I, I really don't like typing that one in. Um, what else we got here? There's, uh, some enterprise features around encrypting email, not necessarily too exciting. Um, one thing that, uh, I'm curious if you have any insight into this is the ability, you know, while you're on a call to switch over to a Skype call. Um, I, what I'm curious about is how that works. Is that seamless or does it, you know, do you sort of drop out of that call for a minute? I'm curious how this works.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Although I, I have been told right now it's defaulted to Skype. However, okay. it is not limited to Skype. You can switch. Uh, any third party can um, that registers a video service
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: can it uh, once they implement it, they can be eligible to. Yep.
0: That's pretty nice. It's it's definitely a much more open platform because you know uh, the the iPhone would certainly never let you do that. Yep. Uh, battery sense, this one is also going to be huge. Um, so if your battery is draining for, for whatever reason, I haven't had any issues with that in the past few months, but if, uh, if your battery is draining unusually fast, you can go in there by application. I took a look at this one when I was, uh, when I was out of build, I actually looked at one of the eight one phones and that was the first thing I went for. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that, that's just huge. Now that being said i on the 1520 this thing has um from what I can tell, it's got a nuclear power plant embedded in it, so it's impossible to yeah. drain the battery.
1: <laughs> that is an amazing battery on that device
0: <laughs> yeah i um i could if I didn't use it much um i could i I could see this thing going for a few days. Um, I've watched six hours of video in one day and had it last um you know six hours in one day, and that only used fifty percent of my battery. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, one of the things that relates to battery sense that really becomes important in Windows A1, they're increasing all of the memory caps as well, okay. uh, as well as the number of background tasks that can uh, go out of time. I know that is okay. now up to 20. Um, wow. I think right now it's at 15 for the high-end okay. devices and as low as 6 for the Lumia 520. Mm-hmm. So with... Them raising the the caps and the amount that can go on, it's it's really important that they have something like battery sense. So if some if there is one app that's troublesome, you can throttle it back.
0: Right, right. So does that actually give you some control, or is it really just monitoring?
1: Um, it, it allows you to prevent um, that app from running in the background. Okay. Is so right now you have the battery saver feature. Mm-hmm. It what it kind of does is it turns a um, per app basis, giving you that battery or that. The oh, battery that battery saver feature. I got you. I per got you. app.
0: Yeah, because that's really what I want. I want it to identify a naughty app and automatically yeah. handle that for me. And, and I know it does to some extent.
1: Yeah, and, and on top of it, you can also say that this app can always run even when battery saver is enabled. Mm-hmm. So you also get that extra. You can say, hey, I want more power for this app all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so last thing on my list for Windows Phone, uh, new Nokia phones announced. Are any of these getting you excited?
1: Well, what I think is really interesting is the Lumia Icon that came out on Verizon mm-hmm. is essentially the uh, 930 that was announced, but in colors. Mm-hmm. And um, that is um, the Lumia 1520 in a smaller package with a slightly smaller battery. Other than that, the hardware is just about identical.
0: So, so the only thing that it's missing is glance, Yep, And I, I, I put this out on Twitter today, but I, I actually found out now why some of these phones don't have glance. So the Icon does not have glance, and the 930 don't have glance, and I think there might be, even be a couple other models. Mm-hmm. They don't have something called display memory. And yep. uh, all I can infer from that is there's, there's something with the ability to, you know, send over, um, you know, a picture to display on the screen, and then the phone itself is able to go into a little bit low lower power state, and the display itself is able to retain the image on there. and um, you know so I think it's a battery life thing if if it didn't if it doesn't have that display memory and the phone had to keep uh, you know basically pumping out the the display, um, I, I think you'd have battery issues without that feature. So that was yeah. an interesting decision on the icon. Yeah.
1: I mean, that is a killer feature, but I mean, I think that also has something to say for the rest of the hardware that's in there. Mm-hmm. If, if they, if they skimped on the high end feature of the screen, mm-hmm. that's pretty much means everything else about that phone is top notch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anything else about windows phone? I think, uh, I think that rounds it out pretty good. I'm, I'm yeah. really
1: excited. Yeah. We we hit the high points on that. And as somebody who's always been enthused about it, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I think that, um, people coming from, you know, the I, iOS camp or the Android camp, really don't have any cheap shots to take at Windows Phone anymore.
0: Yeah. So, so let me ask you kind of a, a question from, uh, um, you know, just kind of a surprise question here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if, if if somebody sat you down today and they said, "Hey, we want to build uh, Windows Phone 9," what do you want in there, Carl? Do you have any thoughts? I'm pretty um, happy right now. <laughs> well, right, right now ha- ha- not having able
1: to have it on a device and play with it, mm-hmm. it, you know it's a little hard to say what's missing from it at the point at this mm-hmm. point. But um, one thing that I've been very you know pleasantly surprised with Windows Phone throughout the years is they've always kind of done things different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the new features we didn't bring up with that the wallpaper on the tiles. Well, everybody else has wallpaper behind the tiles. It's, it's, it's not anything huge or mind blowing, but it's, you know, their own little differentness, their own little take on it that, um, and keeping that personality, I I think is very important because you don't want to blend into the crowd.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I think the, I think Windows phone is about getting work done, but also having, you know, style and not, not feeling, you know, I think the iPhone feels a little, um, I don't know if it's the right word but sort of industrial now, you know, and I I really see iOS as as just a an app launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the whole point is it's all about the apps and that's why that's why for the the iPhone to remain dominant, they they need to keep saying, "Hey, we have all the apps, we have all the apps, we have all the apps." Um, because when when that's when that's no longer true and I I think we're already in the middle of that, uh they're they're, you know, they're not Maintaining their app dominance, um, you know, they're just they're losing uh, their competitive edge there.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you talk about the apps, I mean, you you look at it. I mean, a few years ago, we didn't have all the apps. Now, all all mm-hmm. the top apps are on Windows Phone. Mm-hmm. If you go to the beginning of Windows Phone, we have right now on Windows Phone what iOS had three years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, the 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 amount of time it's taken for the platform to get to where it's at, is at the fastest increase out of all of them. Right. So if they could just keep up that momentum and and keep pushing it, um, they're not going to have even that argument anymore. However, there's still some of that mind share that, you know, people who aren't aware of that just keep saying they don't have the apps without even knowing that they do.
0: Yeah, I've been amazed. I I listened to uh, the last episode of Twit, and – You know, so, you know, it's Leo Laporte. He's got, um, he also has Windows Weekly where he talks to Mary Jo Foley and Paul Therat. And on Windows Weekly, he's usually a little bit more positive on Windows Phone, but then whenever he gets onto Twit, he's usually kind of down on it. And I've seen a huge shift in that. He's, he's starting to stand up for Windows Phone and saying, hey, this is, this is definitely a viable platform. Like, you can't, you can't argue with it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge turning point because, I think the tech industry in general is, is finally coming to that conclusion. Um, you know, they're actually looking at it and, and, and saying, hey, you know, the, the things that, that, that we thought were missing, you know, aren't really missing anymore. Um, so this is a serious contender. So that, that, that's good. Cause you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be sitting on a platform that's, uh, um, doesn't have any mind share. And, um, so it's good to be, it's good to be on a platform where there's, there's a lot of, of really dedicated people that, that really love the OS. So should we talk about Azure? Yeah. Um, so Azure. So the, the biggest thing that came out, uh, new portal. Have you seen the new portal? Yes, I have. I went digging in it immediately. <laughs> so the new portal is pretty awesome. Um, so so the, the, the point of the new portal, you know, I think a lot of people are probably thinking, like, why, why is there a new portal already? You know, first there was the Silverlight portal. Then there was the HTML-based portal, which improved that, uh, you know, significantly. And now it seems like it seems like we didn't have that one very long, and now we, we all have already have a brand new portal. So the the idea behind the new portal is integrating a lot of different products. So uh Visual Studio Online was sort of a separate product where you could, you know, is basically uh TFS, uh hosted TFS, you know, um, team foundation server, where you know it's a system that can do builds, uh, does source control, those types of things. So that's integrated in. Uh, the billing is integrated in. Um, it integrates in a project that's called Monaco, which is um, you know an online version of Visual Studio itself, so you can actually do some development up there. And it's actually becoming a pretty respect. You know, Visual Studio, um, the the actual code editor up there, it's actually becoming pretty respectable. There's even a command line. You got Git support, those types of things. But what the the new portal really does, is it brings it all together. It gives you, you know, all this information in one place. Um, it it gives you just it's it's really about integrating everything and rethinking Azure now that now that all these pieces are coming together. So I'm pretty excited about that. I think it's going to take some time to replace the old portal uh, completely, um, just like it did in the last transition. But uh, I'm pretty excited. So I don't know if you caught that a build they had mentioned. Um, that they you know, a lot of people are are starting to use this for DevOps, you know, and they have like mm-hmm. their they have, they'll have like their, their daily scrums and they all they pull up the Azure dashboard and it's really giving them the, the health of their of their system.
1: Yeah so, and, and with the way that it's laid out now, you can definitely see how they're tailoring it to support that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see some other big announcements. Uh websites, free SSL certs for for websites. That one is pretty huge. And uh I should point out as well cuz there's this uh, uh heartbleed bug that's in OpenSSL. Uh so Microsoft has come out and said, you know, hey, we're not we are not affected by that bug um, cuz we have our own implementation and um you know, Azure and all the related services are unaffected. And obviously if you're doing, putting some kind of open SSL on top of that or your application on top of it runs open SSL, then you might have problems. But it was good to see that, uh, at least in this particular case, it was immune from that. Um, so free SSL certs, uh, Java support, which I know some people are waiting for. Um, and then I'm no okay without
1: other.
0: it. <laughs> Same <laughs> here. In fact, uh, I still have the, the, the dialogue on my screen. You know, Java would like to update. Um, it comes up every time I restart my computer, and it's uh, – I, I, I'd love to uninstall it, but I think WebEx still uses it.
1: No. Well, I've been doing Android development, so I'm stuck with it.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, a lot of services went uh, general availability, like Autoscale, which I've been using in production anyway, um, but I, I don't have any fear. Uh, Traffic Manager, went GA. Um, are you familiar – have you used Traffic Manager, Carl? No, I haven't. So – It's it's an interesting service. So first of all, it has a pretty high SLA. I think it's 99.95 percent SLA. And uh, what it lets you do is you can get a single endpoint that can either load balance across different Azure data centers. You know, so if you have a a a website set up or a service, uh, you can actually load balance that endpoint across those other ones. Um, You can also do failover. So you can say, I want to use this data center as my primary and uh i have this other data center that if the first one goes down for whatever reason or it loses connectivity switch over to the next one um, and then there's another option which will give you the closest one so if you're if you have uh multiple data centers configured with this thing it will just pick the one that's uh, geographically closest to you so that's pretty huge mhm um sql databases the size increased we uh from 150 gigs up to 500 um, so that's, that's huge for a lot of people. Yeah,
1: now a lot of enterprises.
0: Yeah, now I would say that um, if you plan on using 500 gigs in a in the Azure SQL database, I would I would uh, I would second I would second guess that decision. Um, that, that it seems like a a bad idea. Um, there are other storage mechanisms that are definitely better for scaling in this case. Um, here's the biggest one. So price drops, compute. Um, so basically virtual machines and and the like all dropped by up to 35%. That was huge. Um, Storage dropped by up to 65%. Um, So where this started, Google sort of waged a war here. They just had massive price cuts on their storage, and then Amazon pretty quickly followed suit, and then uh, Azure um, um, came along and and beat that pricing. And I didn't realize that there's – I I don't I don't know if it's an official statement, but it's on, on the um the, the blog site that I went to. It mentions that um um you know we're committed to having the, the lowest price on that. Yeah. And uh Microsoft, so any, yeah, go yeah, ahead.
1: Microsoft a few years ago said that for any commodity service that Amazon has, they will drop their prices anytime that Amazon does.
0: Yeah, and that's great. So I mean we're always gonna have the we're always gonna have the best pricing. Um you know, it's because I think there's some people, you know, whenever you see a big price drop like that, um, you know, you start looking at, at jumping ship for 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 cost, but uh, they're all going to have relatively the same pricing. So cost doesn't really become a huge factor there. A um, couple other things. Let's see here where we got uh, Azure Active Directory Premium with GA. So that's handy. I know that uh, the Windows uh, Windows Developer Show talked about that one. Uh, quite a bit, but it's a great way to take an application, throw in a login dialog, and start to authenticate against other providers. Um, and and now that that service is just really starting to mature, so I, I recommend taking a look at that one for sure. Um, I actually have an app that I, I was working on recently that I integrated that in, and it was uh, once once you get. Uh, once you get everything set up, it's almost literally one line of code in your application to, to wire that up. So I definitely recommend looking at that one. Um, I think that's it on the Azure side. Um, next up is Windows. Lots of interesting stuff here. So um, first one on the list here: side-loaded apps have the ability to call into existing .NET code. Did you catch that one? No, I missed that. Okay, so. So this one's interesting. Now, again, it's only for side-loaded apps, which actually makes sense because in a side-loaded app, um, that's your really your only chance to um, have you know uh, you know code that is not part of that application separated out. So mm-hmm. you know if you buy an app through the through the Windows Store, um, it can only pull down Windows Store code. That that makes sense. So what this lets you do if you side load an app on a device, and enterprises really like to do this. If you sideload a modern app on that device, you can actually have .NET code installed along with it, and it can actually call into any .NET code. So what the demo that they gave was actually calling ADO.NET from a modern app. It was pretty cool. Um, let's see here. So here's the big one, universal apps. Um, so in this one, so I downloaded Visual Studio, and I know that you did as well. Yep. This is this is huge. So this is this is sort of what we've been all we've all been waiting for. So you can um, you can create a new project or you can you can migrate your existing project to this. But what you get is you will get a project for your Windows Phone app, you'll get a project for your Windows app, um, eventually you'll have a project for Xbox, and then you have another project that is your shared code. And it enforces you know it it, it helps you structure your code in that way. So that the actual um, specific code that you have to write for Windows and for Windows Phone is minimal. So, is there any, anything else you want to talk about there? Have you played around with this yet?
1: Um, just a little bit, not enough to get anything uh, too terribly useful out of it. But mm-hmm. I mean, um, there's numbers out there between 80 and 90 percent of the APIs are the same between Windows Phone and Windows mm-hmm. Store apps, and um, that just makes it so much more easy to, when you have all the code that's the same, for the apps to be written. So right. one of the problems with PCLs, which kind of was, you know, the promises of a few years ago to get closer to this, is once you started at putting in all the different scenarios that you wanted, it just limited the APIs that you could even call. Right. So you were limited to, limited to just, you know, very simple business logic. Yeah. Yeah. And this really opens up the doors to a lot more different things that you can do.
0: Yep. So you brought up some good points. So the first one, so I've actually heard, I've heard a couple different numbers as well. One of the numbers I heard, though, is that it's actually the API convergence is above 90%. I think that's up from somewhere like 50%. So that is huge. You
1: know,
0: it was 30% a 30%, okay. <laughs> well, it, and then it doesn't really matter if we're going to 80 or 90. That's still <laughs> a huge increase. Yep. So the ability, you know, when interacting things with interacting with things like the GPS, Um, Having that the the exact same function calls in there that that's huge because that that just that's that saves you a ton of time testing you know just across the board Um, so one thing to expand on on the on the PCL support um, so you were you were right on so so what ends up happening in PCL is you you end up writing to the least common denominator right Um, there's a there's a couple things going on in the in the shared project. So the first is, there's no, actually no binary output on a shared project. I, I wasn't sure if you, if you were yep. aware of that. Yep. So a PCL will actually give you a DLL, whereas a shared project is actually, it's really tooling magic. You know, whenever you hit compile, it's, it's sort of doing a merge on that shared project in those other two projects. And one of the benefits of that too is that you can put, uh, conditional compilation in there. So if they're, if they're, is an API that's different, and it's probably at this point the API for the two devices are probably different for a reason, just because of different capabilities. At that point, you can say if it's a Windows phone, I want to run this code. If it's just uh, plain Windows, I want to run this other code. Um, so that's really powerful. Um, and then conceivably, you could you can also set up a pattern where you you use this can be used in connection with a PCI. I don't I don't think it replaces one, but you, I would still recommend trying to get as much code as you can in a PCL. You put um, you know, sort of that remaining business logic into the shared app, and then you have your XAML in the other in the other files. And the reason that you want to maximize your code in the PCL is because you want to and PCL, for those that don't know, it's portable class library. Um, the reason that you want to share put as much code in there is if you start to go cross platform on iOS and Android. So you can actually take that PCL DLL and use it with something like Xamarin. They added support for that uh, a while back. So that that's going to give you maximum code reuse. And the, the, the picture now is, is really great. The fact that you can take C Sharp and write that for, you know, basic, almost all the same code for, for Windows Phone, for Windows, and then uh, the majority of that code you can also take to iOS and Android, that's really powerful. And that, that makes the platform, um, you know, very interesting in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, next one. I don't know if you saw this. This one is, is interesting as well. Project N, um, yeah. or, or .NET native compilation. So basically being able to take your .NET store app and, uh, um, con- compiling that essentially into native code. And, uh, I watched a, a Channel 9 video on this and there was a, there was an interview and he was saying, um, you know, the interviewee was saying, hey, um, you're going to get C++ level performance. And there were there were people uh, emailing in questions saying, are we really going to get that? Really, 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 really? And he said, yes, you really are. You really are going to get C++ performance. <laughs> so it's like 40% better startup time. And then I think, I don't know what the percentage was as far as um, runtime, but it's significantly better performance across the board, basically for free.
1: Yeah, and um, in that video, too, I believe, they showed you how you can um, compile that um, already. So yeah. it's just uh, you check a, a checkbox
0: uh, yeah, in, in,
1: in, in the Visual Studio, and then you right-click on your project, and it'll be enabled, and you can uh, select that as your compile option.
0: Right, right. Um, so another big thing, and this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier. Uh, so Roslyn, which is a compiler as a service, Um this is basically the new, uh, the new .NET compiler and this thing is, uh, we announced that it actually went open source and it also enables just a, a ton of new scenarios. But the fact that that's open source ties into what I was saying before because now this can be used for, uh, you know, Xamarin could actually take this code and instead of having to you know, keep the, uh, the Mono project in line with, with net, they could actually compile it against, uh, you know, true. Net. Yeah.
1: And it gives them, uh, other things as well. Cause right now, uh, you can't write VB code in Xamarin. Mm-hmm. This will give it, give that to them immediately. Oh,
0: really? That's yes. a good point. You're right. Cause it compiles down to the same thing. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That's a, that's definitely a good point. um, Another thing that that was interesting, they demoed uh the modern office app, so the touch-based version of the office application. So, you know, a few weeks ago it was announced that uh you could get um, office on the iPad, and now we're demoing that on, you know, basically Surface and on Windows. Uh that's pretty exciting. I I'm I'm excited for for this to come out and um, some insight into that. They uh they were on Reddit the the team that that designed um you know, OneNote and some of these Office applications, they were talking about how they developed this, and, you know, they're sharing, um, you know, some of the code between uh, Mac and iPad, and uh, I, I thought that was that was really interesting. I'll probably include I'll include that in the show notes, some of the, the links to some of the information about how they developed that. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that was open source was WinJS. Um, so that's the platform or that's the uh, that's the JavaScript environment if you want to do a HTML JavaScript application um, on um, on Windows so you can actually take this and start to build uh, web-based applications on top of it so that's uh, kind of interesting. I, I don't know if you had any interest in doing that Carl or if you were going to play around with this at all. Well one thing I, I thought that I heard but I haven't been able to go back and find
1: um, is one of the, possible outcomes of this is being able to get WinJS support on iOS and Android. Right. Right. Did you,
0: did, did you hear anything about that? I haven't heard that, but I think since it's JavaScript, I mean, it's just a matter, if, if you're building a web-based application, it's just a matter of including it. Yeah. Um, so I, I would think that would be a possibility. I'm wondering, too, if it could get forked and somebody could could work on that type of functionality. Yeah. Now, personally, um, well, the, the fact that it's going open source, I think, is interesting. It, it'll be... Um, you know, it really comes down to what the community is going to do with it. Because mm-hmm. um, these, the, you know, whenever I'm looking at any kind of uh, framework for developing my application, one of the, the biggest metrics that I look at is, is, is user adoption and then also, you know, how is the, you know, who's working on this? Who's actually adding features to it? Are they going to keep working on it? Are they going to maintain this thing? Is it going to keep improving? Now with this one, we, you know, Microsoft is behind it. So you know that the features are, are going to keep getting added to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious, you know, on the other side of that, what kind of community adoption there's going to be. And that's really going to determine how, how viable it is. And then also how interoperable it is with other things. Um, cause in the JavaScript world, you want to be mixing, uh, a number of different libraries together. And, uh, in my experience using WinJS, it doesn't like to play nice with, uh, with some other frameworks. And, um, so, you know, specifically things like Knockout. Um, there's some adapters to get it to work, but right now it doesn't play very nice, so I'm hoping that improves.
1: Yeah. And it, it still is a young language, so hopefully that you know with input from the community that can evolve to be a very nice solution for everyone as well.
0: Right, right. So let's talk about updates to Windows itself. So um I actually got um, I've been running the update for Windows for a while. Um it's it adds a lot of functionality around uh, keyboard and, and touch support or keyboard and mouse support. Um, so you, you get things like if you uh, if you're in a modern app and you, you bring your cursor to the top of the screen, a, a toolbar pops down um, like you would expect from a from a regular application. You can actually pin modern applications to the taskbar. You can right click on tiles. You know some of the some of the the basic stuff. I mean, it, it seems like they're kind of backfilling in some of the stuff that probably should have been there, but maybe didn't make the cut on the original. You know, a couple, couple of the first rounds in, in Windows 8. And and a
1: few other features that you get with that too is like if uh, with the music app that comes uh, in Windows, mm-hmm. um, it comes with the play, pause, and forward, and back on right. on the app bar at the bottom of the screen as well, just mm-hmm. like you you could with like zoom on the. Um, you know, previous versions or Windows Media Player. Yeah. Um. So that's really cool too. Um. Also, being able to have that app bar at the bottom when you're in a Metro environment just lets you uh, swap between, uh, the desktop and other apps so much more quickly.
0: Yeah, um, it feels seamless for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I worked uh, remotely today, and um, I used the the Metro version of the Citrix Receiver, and mm-hmm. uh in the past I've. Before 81 it was kind of a pain fl- flipping back and forth when I you know got email that I wanted to do or if I didn't like the song and needed to switch. today it was so much more easy. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. think it was going to be a huge deal, but it really is. I really think this is uh, a really positive step forward and I think one that a lot of people are gonna you know be glad that it's there now.
0: Yeah so you know it's one of these features where you you can't you can't just look at it or have somebody tell you about it and evaluate it. you really just have to use it. And even to me, I didn't think it was a big deal, but then you know, just using the computer on a day-to-day basis, it, it, it has a big impact, even though the the actual changes are small. So um, one thing that that I find myself really wanting now was something that was announced, but I, I don't know if you've had this experience. I'm I'm in an application, it's full screen, I grab onto the tool or the title bar and I sort of expect to, you know, unmax, you know, basically do like a restore, you know, unmaximize mm-hmm. it and then drag it into a uh, you know, just have it be a, a separate window and that's something that was announced that's going to be coming in a future update. It's not clear if it's going to be Windows 9 or if it's going to be like update 2 for Windows. But uh, have you found yourself trying to do that or is that just me? Yeah.
1: No, I I agree. The snap view, well, it is much better with, you know, since 8.1 being able to have the, you know, pick your own you know, percentage how you want it across the screen, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it still is a little awkward with that window navigation on that. If they figure that out, you know, I think people are going to stop being afraid of Metro.
0: Right. I just want to yank that. I want to yank like the <laughs> mail app, you know, off of full screen, and I just want to drag it over and just make it smaller because I, you know, I'm sitting here in front of two 27 inch monitors with with massive resolution. And uh, I mean, honestly, I could be running. Let's see, eight. I could see myself running 16 Metro apps simultaneously, <laughs> uh, just because I have so much real estate here. So I just keep wanting to uh, wanting to do that. So, um, so that was that was pretty much it from uh, from Build. Uh, only a couple couple other small topics. I don't know if you saw this. Um, well, I'm sure you saw that that XP is uh, is done for. It's a goner. Yep. Um That ended a couple days ago. Um I saw some pictures online. I saw a uh, a screen in a shop window it was it was comprised of like four big TVs and they had the big message on there saying, you know, hey, this this operating system is no longer supported. So anybody who's using that on a billboard, I'm sure uh you know like like at Times Square, I know that 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 system has blue screen before. Um, you know, now you know, I, I would seriously consider uh taking care of that, <laughs> upgrading that. Um, and I keep hearing news reports too about ATMs, you know, there's like ninety-five percent of ATMs run XP. It
1: doesn't affect those though.
0: No, they're they're not connected to anything. I mean Well
1: not uh, not only that, but they're the embedded version of XP.
0: Right, right, right. So they probably uh they probably you know are missing ninety percent of the components that uh you know is really reducing the the attack surface. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the fact that you know they're uh, you know, I, I guess I don't understand ATM technology, but I, I just I really doubt that they're plugged into Ethernet and they're just hooked up to a cable modem and on the internet. Um, I think it, they're probably a little bit more isolated than that uh, for security reasons. So it's really not a big deal. And uh, um, yeah, there, so some of the new features in, in 8, eight, one that we didn't talk about was the return of the start menu that was showed off as well. Um, so there's really no reason to go to uh, to not go to Windows 8. Um, there's just, people are just out of reasons. Um, I know somebody on Facebook was saying, you know, hey, I, I don't like Windows 8. And I, I, put a, I, you know, they said, uh, I just don't like how, how it works. And, and I said, I just, I started running through the list of features. I said, um, well, it's got a new task manager. You have, uh, you know, it performs better. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many features. I, have you, um, touched a Windows 7 machine in a while, Carl?
1: Yes. Um where I'm working at currently, they're, they're natively on Windows seven. And it is it it's like going backwards in, in time, you know. It's yeah it's like,
0: that's when you realize how advanced Windows eight really is. Yeah. Um some of the some of the niceties that are small. Yeah. And and even before eight one, I mean,
1: what I would tell people is you don't have to use the stuff you don't like. The only thing that was forced upon you at the time was the start menu or the start yeah. screen. Yep. And um one of the things I, I tell people who ask me for advice you know, should, you know, they're like, should I go with Windows 7? And, and really what I tell them is Windows 8, there is a lot of things to complain about, but Microsoft is being so responsive with Windows 8 1 and, and the update and, you know, they've showed us the roadmap right. that, you know, I tell people they've fixed all the things that people have had complaints about. So don't be, don't be afraid of it because it's not what you think it is.
0: Right, right. Just give it a try. There's, 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 just give it a try. Um, don't prejudge it. I think the, the tech industry has been been rough on it, but um, we'll, ju- we'll just leave it at that. Just give it a try. Yep. Um, so kind of finishing up here, um, I'm not going to – I think I'm going to save this for next week talking about msdevshow.com, but um, we do have a site set up there, msdevshow.com. If you go there, that's where you can get the, the, the latest episodes, the show notes, all the information. Um, next week I'm going to talk about how we built that. I think it's kind of interesting. Um, how that whole thing is set up, and um, we need to talk about that a little bit. Um, you did want to talk about. Um, you set up the email for us, which is uh, feedback at msdevshow.com. If you have any questions, comments, anything like that, go ahead and send it that way. Um, so, Carl, you sent that up. You set that up uh, what three days ago? Yes. And uh, what was the news yesterday? <laughs> so yeah, they announced that
1: effective immediately um, <laughs> that. Outlook.com is going to end free custom domain names. So right now we we are using Outlook, and you can go to feedback at msdevshow.com to access that. It goes to um, Outlook.com, and you can no longer register for new sites. And for people who have existing things, you cannot create any new accounts. Right. So um, it it is a response to Google. Google made a very similar announcement last December, but it's one that – as you depend upon that, if you want to do things yourself, it's less and less options. It's harder and harder to get your right. free branded email anymore. Yeah. So
0: luckily we snuck in under the wire. Yep. Yeah, so we got one email address on there. Now, just to be <laughs> clear, I, I saw I saw a comment on Twitter that, that was uh, – it was just incorrect. They were asking about um, – you know, they they thought that related to custom email addresses for live accounts, and I don't believe that's affected. Like, if you want a live account, you can you, still alias. Yeah, and you can still, yeah, you can still use your your own, you know, existing email address for that. It doesn't affect that. This only affects if you're running, you know, your own domain and you want to add accounts to that. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, so I think that's about it. Um, anything else, Carl? Before we wrap it up.
1: No, uh, you can reach me at Carl Schweitzer on Twitter, and I also run the website WPDevGuy.
0: Oh yeah, lots that's a great of, site. Everybody should go there. You're doing, yep. you're doing, yeah, you're doing great work there. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, I'm at dot or at Ytechie on Twitter, and Com. that's Y-T-E-C-H-I-E.com. And, uh, that's all we have then. Alright, see all right, you next thanks, time, Carl. Jason. Yep, bye.